The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Good afternoon. It is November 3rd, 2011. This is the Massage Podcast. I'm Elaine Kalenda. I'll be hosting today for Don Atkins. And today we have a very special guest. Also, I want to introduce uh, Jorge Cisneros, our engineer and producer. And today we have a very special guest who I've been working on for months to get you on here. This is Michelle Kolakowski, and she's going to be talking about all things prenatal labor postpartum massage at last we we told you we we're gonna have this show so um it's a wonderful day here in boulder colorado 38 beautiful degrees and it feels like 60 and it's a gorgeous snowy winter scene out there uh don't you love where we live as iris lee would say don't you love where we live i love where we live <laughs> okay i want to let you know about us we are a massage podcast uh, you can leave a voicemail or send us a text at 303-656-9860. Also email us at www.massagepodcast.com on our contact page or come chat live with us here. Uh, Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And now you can also download our podcast from iTunes. All right, so let's get started today. Michelle uh, Kolakowski, um, I knew you when. Way back when. Way back when you were a student in, what's that, what was the year? 92, 93? 91, 92. 91 to 92. So mm-hmm. my first year at Boulder College of Massage Therapy. Yeah. And back then you were Michelle Holland. Yes. And you were a very intelligent yet quiet. I remember you as always being sort of quiet <laughs> and uh, reserved until you had something to say. And then by golly, it'd come out so eloquent. And I'd think, who is this remarkable young woman? Mm-hmm. And I always wondered, what is she going to do? It's got to be something amazing. And certainly how many years later now, I mean, you've been so instrumental in, in many things in this area, in, in hospital massage, in, uh, and I'll let you talk about it more because you know what you're you know doing more than I do at this point. You've done so many things. But I've heard over the years all of your different successes uh, with hospital massage, with breaking into those uh, new frontiers. You're like a pioneer woman of massage therapy in this community of Boulder and Longmont, Colorado. So without further ado, I'd like you to, first of all, uh, give me and the folks an update of what you've been doing and sort of a chrono- chronological um, uh, list of the many accompli- accomplishments uh, that and the things you've been up to in the last what 15 16 17 years it's 19 years now 19 years now I got to the school almost 20 years ago so yeah. you were in one of the first yeah. classes okay yeah you were my teacher in second quarter second quarter which was um palpation and Swedish Swedish massage thank you for teaching me so well I taught you Swedish massage well I haven't taught Swedish massage there in many years so that was a while back <laughs> all right so it's us both yeah, dates as well. Okay, yeah, we were both much younger then. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, before we have a wrinkly's party, let's talk about, uh, yeah, what you've been up to. 
So thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited that I could come and I hear that you've been getting some questions about maternity massage. So Mm -hmm. very excited to talk about those and hopefully some people will will chime in with questions during the podcast. Um, Right now I'm working at Longmont United Hospital. We have this amazing, amazing, amazing integrative medicine program. We've been at it. Um, coming up on 20, 20 years. Wow. And um, really proud of what we do. We employ 15 massage therapists who work both inpatient and outpatient throughout the hospital. And I have the privilege and blessing of working with this amazing group of people and working for an amazing hospital that's very supportive of integrative medicine. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to talk more about that because I know as healthcare is changing, a lot of people are really concerned. Like, how does all this that we do in the in the profession of massage fit in with that? And I have some things to share that I think are good news. Yes, it's all good news. When you hear massage in hospitals, to me, that is good news. To me, um, you know, when I got in 30 years ago, that's all I wanted to do was work in the hospital. I never actually did do that. Um, I may still. You never know. Um, but... Back then, the doors were so closed. They were cemented shut. Yeah. So this is a really um, unique thing that I think we have done in massage therapy is to open those doors. Now, uh, again, there's there's still a lot of people that have called in or written in. It's how can I get a job? I really want to work in the hospital system. Right. And this is from all over the country. So uh, some hospital, more more hospitals are hiring than ever. We know that. The statistics around that are a little bit uncertain. However, the um, I'm, I'm trying to say because some people are like, well, in our state, we have different laws and we're not allowed to practice in hospitals and other states. But I don't, you know, we really don't. We see them opening up in all states, no matter what, to yeah. massage therapy. Absolutely. Okay. There, so. there are actually some interesting statistics. The American Hospital Association did a survey. Um, they started in 1998. They found that only about 8% of hospitals in the country were using some form of integrative medicine. At that time. At that time. By 2007, 37% of hospitals. Wow. And 71% of those were using massage. And to my excitement of those hospitals, that 71%, 55% of them were using some type of maternity massage. And it was Wonderful. right up there with oncology massage and massage for pain relief. Mm-hmm. So it's happening. One of the other um, things I wanted to be sure to mention is that Longmont United Hospital is one of 700 healthcare organizations internationally that are affiliates of Plain Tree. Plain Tree is spelled P-L-A-N-E-T-R-E-E. And you can go check out their website, plaintree.org. Plain Tree was developed by a patient who had had a bad experience in a hospital. Hmm. She said, oh, wait, 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 wait. You all have this all wrong. It needs to be a healing environment. There needs to be healing food. There needs to be <laughs> human touch. So now Plain Tree is this enormous organization, hmm. international. In fact, staff of our hospital at Longmont United Hospital are in Tennessee right now at the international conference. But two of the key components for Plain Tree are the integration of integrative medicine and human touch. And that's where what we have to offer is massage therapists come in. So there are hospitals joining Plain Tree all the time. Really? Um, 
Longmont United Hospital became a plain tree hospital many years ago when we were first starting our integrative medicine program. So that association with plain tree gave us kind of another reason for being, if you will. Right. But wow. if anyone wants to check out where their plain tree hospitals are in their area, go to that website. Those hospitals are looking to either begin or expand their integrative medicine programs. And a lot of them want to have massage. Right. So, well, I, I hear it's the most asked for service in integrative medicine. It is. It's human touch. I mean, that's the massage therapy. It's just great. I, I get so excited when, when I think about it, the enormity and how quickly yes. uh, we were uh, brought in to yeah. the hospital. So let's get, let's get back to uh, this. Well, let's play. I know we're going to put it on our website, folks, but spell it again, please, Plain Tree. Plain Tree, P-L-A-N-E-T-R-E-E. And actually, Plain Tree was Hippocrates Tree. That's where it gets its name, Plain Tree. Great. All right. So there we go. Okay, that makes sense. Well, you know, this is crazy that I didn't even know about this. So this is why we have to have guests like you on the show. Um, Okay, so we do get questions from people. What do I need to know? What, how, what makes, how, how can I have the edge when I sit in an interview for either um, a doctor's office, um, either a rehabilitation, a clinical mas- massage, and or uh, working with um, uh, patients who are frail or very ill patients in, in an actual hospital setting? What should I have on my resume? What kind of classes should I take? Or can I just go in and what qualifications are they looking for? At Longmont, what we are looking for are people that are really confident professionally interacting with medical professionals. Mm. You got to know your medical terminology Mm. so that you can walk in that world. You need to be confident about asking good questions mm-hmm. of the medical staff and the patients and being able to think pretty quickly on your feet mm-hmm. clinically. We work with people that are really sick, very frail, acute medical conditions. Right. So people that, hey, if I don't have the answer, I know where to go find it. Either okay. on the internet through a reliable source, through a medical text, or asking another medical professional. Our department has eight physician advisors that we call on. Hey, we have this patient with this particular condition. We'd like to get your insight and perspective about that. And so our staff, it's really important that they integrate with the allopathic model. Okay. I think there's one thing that I wanted to mention. I think sometimes in in our field of alternative medicine, there Mm -hmm. kind of gets to be this us and them. Right. That does not work in the hospital setting. We really have to work as team It's counterproductive, isn't it? It is. It's really Mm -hmm. counterproductive. And old fashioned at this point. It is because healthcare is moving into an integrated model where mm -hmm. part of us belonging is, hey, that we can... We can walk the talk and hang out That's right. with, so, our, with our peers. So we're hearing the terms complementary and alternative less yes. and integrative more. Yeah. Integrated. Absolutely. And the place we work is called the healthcare, Health Center for Integrated Therapies. therapies. Yep. Love that. Absolutely. It's yeah. like an oasis walking in there. It is like a sanctuary. We uh-huh. try to make it that way. That sanctuary. Healing, that healing environment. And every room is more gorgeous than the next. Well, thank you. You know, you. the paint from the paint colors to the, uh, to the everything, to the little mobiles on the ceiling. I mean, they're just, it's unusual. Yeah. And not, you know, run of the mill or anything you'd, you know, I mean, it's really Beautifully designed. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah. The hospital built that clinic for us in 1990, 
excuse me, in 2007, we'd moved around to several locations, starting in a linen closet, I might say, from a very humble beginning Mm -hmm. to uh, over 2,000 square foot clinic now. Yeah, I worked in a linen closet too. (laughs) My first time with the doctor's, uh, second time with the doctor's office. It was a storeroom. And uh, don't let that scare you because that's an in. That's a door opening. Exactly. And you need to find your champions in your organization um, or the hospital where you want to try to integrate these services. One of the one of the things that we always um, want to give credit to the, the our program at Longmont United Hospital was actually started by the wise ones in our community. It was seniors. Mm-hmm. They raised money and sent my director Michelle Bowman to China in the early nineties. She came back with slideshows and pictures of what she'd seen in China about how the elders cared for themselves. And that included massage, right and acupuncture and food and botanical medicine. And the seniors in the Longmont community and area said, we want that. Wow. They're wise. Yeah. And so hence we hired our first massage therapist and our first acupuncturist. I didn't know that was how yes, that started. That is it. very interesting. So it's really the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at the trends in utilization of massage and mm-hmm. integrative therapies, that's, that's where you start with your community. And then, and then hopefully you get your, your team from staff at the hospital that come on board as well. One of our other success stories, which I'm particularly proud of, actually one of my students from BCMT years ago who had taken a prenatal massage elective with me was hired at Longmont United and she helped the hospital start an inpatient massage program for all the women who gave birth at our hospital. And wow. the program's going strong. 13 years later, all of our patients receive that type of wonderful care before they're discharged to go home with their sweet little ones. Little ones? Yes. Oh, wow. So that was at Longmont? Yes. Okay. And um, Michelle Bowman, hello, if you're listening, we're going to get you on the show one of these days soon too, I hope, yes. to tell your story. And we, um, the AMTA Colorado chapter just gave her an award last year, last spring, I believe, for all of her great work in this in this area. She's just done a miraculous job with that um with that connection to the hospital and also, you know, expanding this, continuing from her trip to China. Now I know the beginnings to what, to what you see now when you walk in there, it's like, I want to fall on the ground and kiss the ground and thank God and all these, you know, I just like this place, like, I feel like I'm in a dream. It's so wonderful. I'm going to go back to the person who might be listening saying, do I have to have, um, um, a thousand hour associate massage and massage degree. Do they, will they hire people who are out of, you know, lesser hour schools? I mean, do I have to have special powers, you know, special powers, what kinds of things do you, do you prefer, you know, when you say preferred on the resume, what kind of things do you look for though? Yeah. We look for people that have really phenomenal basic training and lots of specialized continuing education in a specific, specific area. For example, We have a wonderful lymphedema program partnering with our physical medicine department. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking for people who have not just taken a weekend workshop in annual lymphatic drainage. Mm -hmm. We're talking one of our staff, for example, the lovely Karen Martin. Yeah. Went to the Foldy Clinic in Germany. Yeah, And studied lymphedema. I remember when she did that. Really phenomenal continuing education. Another one of our staff, Erin Moranjan, took the oncology massage therapy program at Sloan Kettering and has done several other phenomenal. Oh, with one of my former students from Swedish Institute. Yeah. Yeah. Her name escapes me right now, but. Yeah. It's like find your your passion and your interest. 
and really go into it. Study with a number of different teachers Mm -hmm. to learn the different perspectives, if they're varying opinions on different things. It's good to know that Mm -hmm. coming into a setting where you really need to be able to answer to the medical professionals, why... Why is this efficacious? Why does this work? Oh, you mean you need and to know the physiological effects yes, of massage you do. as you best need, you can these you days? Do. Yeah, You do. And I would say fundamentally too, when we're looking to hire, in addition to all the phenomenal um, continuing ed and basic education that someone has had and, and a couple of years of practical experience in the field, it's really hard to get in the mm-hmm. door with us if you've been out there less than five years practicing with okay. like for people to have really had the experience of being in professional therapeutic relationship right. with patients so that when they go into the acuity and the intensity of an inpatient hospital-based program, mm-hmm. they know how to settle and ground themselves. Right. And that comes with experience. That uh, To a certain extent it does, right? Yeah. You really have to have met with now in five years that the average... So you've already worked with an average of over 200 people. Right. And, you know, have had a right. therapeutic relationship, meaning that not too much will surprise you or shock you or you right. can ground yourself. That's, right. it's good to know. So like for perspective of the 15 massage therapists on our staff, the average number of years of experience in massage therapy is 14. Wow. We have a very experienced crew. Mm -hmm. So, um, and some of them have other professional credentials as well, whether it's a nursing or a holistic health. Acupuncture. Yeah, acupuncture. Mm -hmm. So that also helps. It's extremely, now that I think about who's there, it's an extremely um, gifted and talented staff with all those extras so that any practitioner you get scheduled with is going to know what they're doing. And I mean, as far as far as um, specializing as well, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's oncology massage and then there's oncology massage. Yes. And I and 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 they're just they're just so good there. So I'm say, I've got to go back before I forget to ask you to talk about your developing development of the prenatal labor postpartum uh, massage classes at the Boulder College of Massage Therapy because you were instrumental in developing that program. And it's still fantastic to this day because of the way you set it up. Would you talk about... Going strong. Yeah. Thanks to my wonderful colleagues that are there teaching the work. Yeah, your protégés are still there teaching this many years later. Yeah, so what... What I found in studying with many maternity massage pioneers around the country as I was beginning my career is I realized that we're, we're not really um, delivering a, a continuing education product that reflects the continuum of care that women want during their childbearing years. Mm-hmm. It's like they want someone to help them during their pregnancy and then, oh yeah, we're going to have a baby. There has to be a labor and a birth. And then mm-hmm. of course, afterwards with postpartum and then caring carrying massage into parenting with infant massage and teaching families infant massage. There you go. And I had gone all over the country to different places to learn all these things and I had pieced them together in my practice and I found it to be really successful. Mm -hmm. And in talking with students, I found, well, I've taken this individual class, but I want to go on and I want to do the whole continuum, but no one in the country at the time was doing the whole shebang. So I thought, well, let's do it Yeah, at BCMT. So we began developing um, with uh, my dear friend, Shawnee Armbruster, Kayla Spangler, Marjorie Johnson, oh, and yeah, a couple Marjorie. other new faculty on board as well. Um, teaching Stacy Gilbert, uh, Stacy Gilbert, Shelly Bernard, 
um, teaching a longer program divided into modules where you could really dive into the specialty. What I found working in a hospital-based setting is I was working with women who had high-risk conditions and complications, and educationally, I was not prepared for those. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, well, let's step it up. Let's let's provide some continuing education that addresses that. And I was starting to see it quite a bit in my private practice as well. So I wanted wanted to create a program that helped our profession be prepared to meet those women because massage is very important, not only with healthy pregnant women, but also for women that are experiencing a complication or a high-risk condition. Massage can be very beneficial when it's appropriately and safely applied. That's right. Especially if they can't leave their home and they have to stay in bed. and Absolutely. You know. And on bed rest. Right. Yeah. The goal is to help these mamas get as close to term with their babies because in vast majority of cases, it's best for the baby to be inside and grow inside instead of right. coming out early. Early, yeah. And being premature and being in a NICU, which Mm -hmm. is devastating for everybody. Right. That's an incubator for the rest of us. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Neonatal intensive care unit. Yes. Okay. So we have the the program has different modules. Yes. Uh, What are they again? Prenatal. Yeah. Um, Labor. Labor. And that doesn't that include moms with difficulties? There's a module for yeah there's a postpartum module and then there's an advanced module oh that's the advanced one just to cover Uh, in particular those those difficult conditions and complications to ground therapists and an understanding physiologically anatomically of what's going on with those conditions so that massage can be appropriately adapted right so that we as therapists don't run away from those women we open our arms to them there you go yes Mm -hmm. let's let's take good care of you that's excellent I took the postpartum class as part of my AOS. It was so, you know, and I'm not really that interested in that area, but it was so good. I'm so glad. I remember you were my teacher. You remember yes. coming in yes. on that Sunday or something yes. for the final exam or something? Yes. And you were like, Elaine, <laughs> slow down. <laughs> Here I am like orthopedically applying. <laughs> Get that baby in there. I don't know. Not my area still, but I really appreciated how much I learned in that that class it was you guys did a tremendous job with it so when we were talking about big c and small c certifications even though that they're they're weekends the whole thing is what 100 hours 125 hours hours. yes and there's homework and there are good um i mean really important homework very productive homework yes and um it's a great program still going on today at boulder college massage therapy for anyone interested in specializing uh, that's a very, very uh, put together, very complete program. I think you finished that program feeling pretty confident. It's pretty darn thorough. Mm-hmm. And the teachers, each one of them are amazing. They are. Um, okay. So yes, because I almost forgot for a minute that you uh, taught with our school for quite a number of years. The other thing then where we were talking about uh, good resources for prenatal labor, postpartum. If you're not in the Boulder, Longmont, uh, Colorado area, for instance, um, who's who's one of your favorite teachers and one of our favorite people oh. who just came out with a second edition of a wonderful book? Yes. my One of my very, very first maternity massage teacher, Carol Osborne. She's based in San Diego, California. I took a continuing education workshop with her early in my career that just... It was life-changing mm-hmm. um, on a couple levels, not only with learning learning the work and the art of maternity massage, the heart and the soul of it, which she embodies so beautifully, oh, but also the um, 
I have to say the body mechanics. I think what trips up a lot of people about maternity massages, oh my gosh, how am I going to position this beautiful pregnant woman? Right. And, um, and there are a lot of different thoughts out there about, you know, how you can do that. And I learned body mechanics from Carol and the use of sideline position that transformed my entire practice, not only with pregnant women, but with athletes, you know, <laughs> That's everybody. Right. That's right. And, um, you know, I, I give credit to her that, hey, almost 20 years later here, I'm still going strong. Um, and my, my body's feeling good. Yeah. And it's the body mechanics that I learned in, in that course. Wow. Um, so, and yeah, Carol's new book just came out. Um, second edition of pre and perinatal massage therapy. I was very, um, very blessed to be able to give her some ideas as I was going through my um, teaching career at BCMT about, hey, these are the things that I really would love for a book to include. Mm, and mm -hmm. so there are great things in the book, like the whole controversy about how do you position a pregnant woman? And what do you think about those tables or those devices that oh, are right. designed for prone position? Okay. And for example, in the book, Carol presents her perspective on it based on her 35 years of experience and her research um, and collaboration with medical professionals. But also she does these lovely little sidebar roundtables where she introduces the perspectives of other people in the field. Um, and this is a conversation that I've had with Carol, but also some of the other maternity massage instructors around the country. It's like, there are some varying opinions out there, but let's see if we can get clear in our education about our perspectives and why, why? these are precautions mm -hmm. or contraindications or our recommendations. That. Mm -hmm. So that what ultimately happens is we don't create more fear. Right and misunderstanding around yeah. massage during pregnancy. Thank you. And Carol's done a lovely job in the book. Love that idea that. as so, saying, okay, I'm speaking to so-and-so about uh, this position and why. Yeah. I love the why part because, yeah. you know, we need to know why exactly. you have such a strong opinion about, you know, this massage table with a hole in it, right. with a net. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be fun to talk about any of those right off the bat that how do you feel or what is the... The, mo the modern perspective of the hole with the net. Right. Because I know that. Well, let's say off first. That in they're, prone position. They're you know? very well intended because, oh my gosh, how many a pregnant woman really misses yeah. that sleeping on her belly that she did before she had this lovely baby in mm -hmm. her uterus, right? Or right. babies if mm -hmm. she's having twins. Right. Or multiples. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's very interesting as you look at pregnant women and their bodies change throughout the pregnancy, there are many women having multiples today, how all of that works with a one-size-fits-all whole. Mm -hmm. It's problematic. Um, then you add the layers of um, concern with putting pressure into the uterus. We call it intrauterine pressure where pressure from something external outside on the abdomen, whether it's the weight of the, the woman's body itself, itself yeah. lying and prone mm -hmm. or an edge of something pressing into the abdomen, mm -hmm. those are, are all potentially problematic. Um, the other thing is structurally what's happening in the woman's core is the abdominal muscles and all the musculature, soft tissue there is stretching to accommodate the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. She's got more lordosis in the low back. So by virtue of being in a prone position that can create additional stress no, yeah, on the abdominal muscles, on the uterine ligaments, which are also designed to help support the belly and can be very painful during yeah. pregnancy. So our well-intended devices 
to get that lovely pregnant woman into prone position, which makes it easy for the therapist because we're all pretty savvy with prone, right? Right. Are not necessarily always the best for every pregnant woman. So we kind of go back to the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. Right. What is the safest then? Mm -hmm. And we know from looking at women who have placental issues where the placenta blood is not perfusing through the placenta as well, where mm -hmm. there's intrauterine growth restriction for mm -hmm. the baby growing in utero. In all of those cases, obstetricians and midwives recommend that women rest in left sideline right. because it optimizes circulation. So we can um, extrapolate from that, that even for a healthy pregnant woman, for mm -hmm. the benefit of her circulatory system as well, mm -hmm. and optimizing circulation to the baby, that sideline is going to be the best. Mm -hmm. Left and right sideline for a healthy pregnant woman. Once she has a complication, this is where you need to know your good stuff about the different conditions that come up in pregnancy. You would know, okay, mm -hmm. for this mama, we're going to be doing that massage and left sideline because that's going to be best for her and baby. Right. Now you are also a mama. Uh, a couple of times. Yeah. And did, when you got massage um, during your pregnancy, did you notice that in left side lying, for instance, it was easier to breathe and it takes pressure also off the lungs and diaphragm? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if as, as opposed to right-sided because right. you had healthy pregnancy. Yeah. But well, one I would imagine that the pressure on the diaphragm would be pretty enormous. It is. And heartburn is also really common as oh, well. There you go. I think one of my favorite things about sideline being a recipient of massage, many, many, many wonderful pregnancy massages in both of my pregnancies was that I knew that my therapist could really track what was going on with me by observing my face. Okay. Right. Track yeah. what was going on with yeah. you. Talk about that. Right. That's important. And yeah, too, when you're when you're working with pregnant women, it's very important that you're working at a level which really stimulates that parasympathetic response for the mom. I think there's a myth that pregnancy massage has to be light. It's not necessarily not, no, every yeah. person as we know, those of us that have especially are, are doing mm -hmm. massage know that everyone yeah. has a different threshold. And so it's this right. little dance that we do with each individual client of feeling out, okay. determining where is that really juicy place where we're working at a therapeutic level, but she's still very deeply relaxed. Okay, I know what you and mean now. And the face is a really strong yeah. barometer mm -hmm. of that. And so I love sideline for that. It's almost you like being in the fetal position. You it's can kind of see like their going face. back into the womb yourself, uh -huh. right? As the mom. Sure. There you are resting on your table, you know. Baby within baby. Yes, luxuriating mm -hmm. in this wonderful <laughs> massage and being taken care of. And one of my favorite benefits of maternity massage um, during during pregnancy is that the way that the woman is cared for translates into her relationship with the child. And I see this at the bedside at Longmont United Hospital all the time, the once a month that I still keep my shift there. Okay. In addition to my supervisory stuff, I love to be there. I'll go in and we provide this 30 minute, 30 minute massage to this mom and you'll see kind of snuggle up the baby in bed next to her and side lying. And as I'm, I'm stroking, lovingly providing effleurage, petrissage, all these little specialized postpartum massage techniques that I do, you'll just see her pick up her hand and start stroking her infant in the same way. Like it it's, happens a lot. It's magical. Wow. And so you can see that. Like when women feel like their cup is filled up and they're nurtured, it translates into 
how they interact with their oh. child. I mean, and that's part of my passion for this work is that I think it's like the ripple effect. It's like the pebble uh-huh. goes in the pond beep, and it beep. keeps going. It keeps going. So amazing. Yeah. No, it's remarkable. That'd be a nice thing to see. Yeah, it is. All right. About halfway through, let's let people know where we are. We're, you can leave us a voicemail or send a text to, uh, text message to 303-656-9860. Also, we're at www.massagepodcast.com. You can send us an email on our contact page or come chat with us live during our recordings. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter or download our podcast from iTunes. And we have a whole bunch of them. We forgot to say what episode we're on today. Jorge? Yes. Episode 30. So we're out of the 20s now. This is a a special occasion. And I'm continuing to have a nice conversation this afternoon with Michelle Kolakowski from the, and are you from the health center? How would I introduce you from the health center of integrative therapies at Longmont Longmont United Hospital? Yes. Now, besides, um, I can talk to you all day, but you know, I want to get to some salient points here besides doing massage therapy. Uh, what other titles do you have and what, what's your, you know, your day, go, take us through your week and what, you know, your average week and what you do. Cause I know you've been so busy. It's been hard to pluck you out of here just for an hour to talk to us, right. with us today. There's some serious multitasking going on in my <laughs> life. <laughs> so in addition to what I quote is my day job at Longmont United Hospital, with the integrative medicine program there, my night job, I joke, is I'm a, I'm a birth doula. So right. I um, attend births all over Boulder County, mm-hmm. hospital and home with moms that would like to have the additional support of someone that's experienced in birth and knows those lovely comfort measures to ease labor along and make it a memorable, positive experience. And of course, number one on that comfort list is massage. Really? So have you been there like during labors? Oh, yes. Lots of them yes. and stuff? You see yes. a lot of babies being born then? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so tell me what I have never, I don't know if I ever will, but tell me what it's like to be there, what you do during a labor massage. Well... I meet with the family prenatally to find out what's really important to them for their birth and things that they like when they're stressed, how they relax and when they're in discomfort, what they do. You get like a profile of the person. That's excellent. Really get a really interesting understanding. And so I'm there with them at whatever point they would like for me to join them in labor. Sometimes that's at home and then transitioning to the hospital or just meeting them at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's different every time. And well, that's the okay. fun part about it. You know, we talk about in the massage profession about being present. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Birth, definitely, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm a planner. I'm way out in front of myself usually thinking the day ahead or a week ahead or a month ahead. But birth is great because it really brings you back into that present moment and like, what, what can I do to be of service to this woman? And the word doula the translation, it's a Greek word. The translation is woman's slave. Wow. So I'm there really tuning in. And as a massage therapist, I have this, this great skill that I can kind of look at the body without having any verbal interaction. Mm-hmm. And I can pretty, pretty easily tell, hey, this is where there's some tension. Mm-hmm. You can go up there and touch or even better, get her partner or spouse to go up and, and go up and really get the partner involved in Good. ways that they want to be involved. Oh, so there's a, lot, there's a lot of touching mm-hmm. and using different types of touch stimulation and understanding physiologically, hey, why that works. I get to use my shiatsu. 
Yeah, using right. acupressure. There are specific points that can strengthen contractions. I was just thinking that, yeah. Or powerfully help the baby's um, head or presenting part engage in the pelvis more. There are all kinds of fun things. All kinds of things, wow. And probably one of the most important is just lots of love in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of encouragement, a lot of positive mm-hmm. because if there's any time the body shows itself off, it's when you're pregnant and giving birth. It's really a miracle every time. And to remind women, it's like that all the intelligence is in there. And to just consult their intuition, their body, when they have a certain feeling in their body, it's usually because the body wants to move in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And biomechanically, having that training about body mechanics and what's a functional range of motion for a joint or what's a healthy position you know, where so there is some orthopedics involved. Oh, yes, there's a lot yeah. of orthopedics involved. Okay. And just using that knowledge to help women um, follow their intuition. Okay. And I imagine that first time moms can get scared sometimes too. Oh, yes. And that massage would be so calming. It's very calming. And the research bears that out. It's kind of also built into our biology. When, when any mammal is in labor, when they go into fight or flight, the uterus will continue to contract. It has fibers that run in all different directions. But those long fibers that go from the top of the uterus all the way down to the cervix, which has to thin and open, mm-hmm. those fibers don't contract as much. And so the mama will still have contractions. But while she's in that fight or flight labor progress will either slow or stop in its tracks. It's really? Mother Nature's perfect design to wait until the mom can return to that sense of safety. Really? Before it gives birth. Before it gives birth. It about it gives from, birth. Yes. Like an animal. It's a perfect design. Wow. It happens for gazelles. It happens right. for monkeys. It happens for, for humans. Mm-hmm. We're all wired that way. So relaxation, stress reduction, physical comfort. Mm-hmm. All the things that we learned in massage school about the gate theory of pain, all of those things show up in labor and you get to apply all those skills. It is a bit of a dance having a schedule as a massage therapist and being a doula. I would like to mention that <laughs> I'm a great, I'm part of a great group called Birth Assistance of Boulder. There's six professional doulas in our group. Two of us are, are um, licensed massage therapists, or excuse me, in Colorado, registered massage therapists. Yeah. And um, we work together as a team. So you like cover for each other? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's, that's really nice. Because, makes it possible. Because babies come when they want. Yeah. And it's being on call 24-7. So I'm very fortunate professionally to be able to juggle that doula ball. Right. Um, and have my day job because I have the terrific support of my team. Wow. And that's very important in attending birth. You all in this together. Yeah. It well, takes that, a community. It does. It takes a village. It takes a village. Keep those. We have a great community here. Yeah, we do. Um, be jealous wherever you are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Come on down. But hopefully, you know, the kind of crazy stuff that we get up to here in Boulder and, and Colorado and the states are a little more open to integrative therapies. That's going to spread to the Idaho's and the, you know, some of the New York real, you know, conservative states. It's everywhere. It's going to it's just going to go everywhere. Now, speaking of natural things in general, um, and I, I'm curious, curious about this all the time. Moms who give birth in water. Have yes. you tell? Do you know anything about that? Do you, are you involved in any of those? Yeah. Where the kid comes out in the water? Yeah. I think that just sounds really cool and very natural. Yes. Well, the wonderful thing about water, it's a great medium for relaxation. It's like hydrotherapy. Yeah. 
it's really exquisite. In some cultures, it's just part of their built-in tradition of how they birth. Mm-hmm. We think about it from the baby's perspective. The baby is in kind of a swimming pool in utero, right? <laughs> in amniotic fluid, it's quite an, quite an easy transition for the baby um, in water birth because the, the baby is getting everything that it needs through the mom's placenta and through the umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. Oxygen and all that exchange is happening that way. Right. So some people think, oh, well, if the baby's born in the water, baby can't breathe. Well, the placenta is still attached for a while inside the uterus once the baby's born. And so it's still pulsing, mm-hmm. still giving the baby everything it needs. At some point, several minutes after birth, it, it will discontinue pulsing but it's doing its job to help that baby transition. So it's a really nice medium for moms. It's very soothing for their labors. Their labors usually will go smoother. And They're kind it's of in a, a nice more upright or more seated position. You can do whatever you want. Or you can, they can move around in there. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big uh, tub. Knees. It's a pretty, it's big a pretty pool, big like a little pool. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea is to knees. have it wow. kind of in a, in a room where people can access all sides of it. So as the mom moves around inside it, you can come over to to massage her shoulders or massage her jaw if it's looking tight. Or right. So once the baby is born, is that then Watsu? It could be. <laughs> it could be like it a Watsu, well, your first session. There's the Le Boyer bath, which um, a French um, French physician... Was the one to develop it, wasn't yes, he? he mm-hmm. was, where the baby just, just floats right up to the surface in, in mom's or someone's arms, the umbilical cord still doing its thing and mm-hmm. pulsing and... And then the baby comes up to the surface and takes its first air breaths and doing this very gentle bath with the baby for just a really sweet little transition into the world. The baby's been in a watery environment. So, you know, a lot of people that um, really enjoy water birth and promote it think what a a beautiful, easy transition for the baby to come in. That's what I always think, but I don't know how much research has been. That's been, that's since the seventies now, right? I don't know if there's research that shows these folks are particularly more mellow or what. Well, but, and, and then there's all this about the umbilical cord staying on a little bit longer than, I don't know if they're, we were talking with um, my abdominal massage. Yes. Or um, Miss Shelley Torgram. Yes. And uh, I think she was the one talking about how they, they cut it too soon or that should be about 20 minutes before it's cut or something. Yeah, well, the cord, the cord continues to pulse for a little while and, mm-hmm. and, and this is one of the fascinating things doing maternity massage over the years. There's so many choices that women in our culture have around things that they choose for their own care as well as the care of their baby once their baby's born. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really fascinating to learn about all these things. But I will say that one of the most important roles for the massage therapist and the, and the birth doula is to really help the mom find what's right for her. We all have our opinions about what we would do yeah. for our own births, but that's right. kind of irrelevant because we have our own births, right? Mm-hmm. These women are having their own experience. And so helping them research and choose what's best for them. And women will choose a wide variety of things. I can tell you I have worked with hundreds of families and maybe thousands of moms over the last 19 years. It's... Um, always comes back to helping the woman really consult her own wisdom Good. about what's right for her because it's about helping ease her into parenthood and the confidence that she can make the decisions that are right for her. It's kind of that 
internal referencing when you're receiving massage. Hey, like what's going on in my body? Mm-hmm. It's that inner intelligence right. too. And, so and, and giving choices, educating, because absolutely. I bet a lot of women don't really even know what their choices are. Right. And also staying in your scope of practice was became clear to me pra- after practicing a number of years. There were some pretty sticky sticky points that would come up sometimes. Okay. Women would ask my opinion about this, that, or the other during their pregnancies. And um, while I did have an opinion, yeah. it's like, that's not my scope of practice as a massage therapist to Good. give an advice about those things. I'm glad you're mentioning helping that. Helping them find appropriate professional resources in the community where they could get great information to help them make their own informed choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, we've got uh, a few more minutes here. I wanted to um, make sure that we talk about the, you know, because I hear, again, uh, talk about women, uh, American women and their pregnancies. Like back in the 50s and 60s, it was like, it's like, and still to today, I will say that people treat pregnant women so delicately, maybe a little bit too delicately. And like, there's all this caution, sit down, don't work, don't do, you know, and today we do, we do see women going, you know, to work and doing things and functioning in life, healthy pregnancies right up till the day they're uh, giving birth. I don't know I'm talking about, I kind of do make fun of the Boulder super mom a little bit sometimes, but it's all in fun. I really love to see a woman jogging with a double tram, you know, and a, <laughs> and a Starbucks coffee going across the bridge on the highway. Maybe I'm just a little jealous of her, you know, that's what it is. So I make fun. But, you know, and you hear about, you know, a woman working a rice paddy just kind of goes away to the side and has her baby and goes back to work and stuff like that. I mean, it's really an individual thing. You can't just say across the board, this is how a pregnancy should or does happen. Right. I mean, it's like you said, there's a hundred, there's for every different woman, it's a different experience. And right. I would imagine even if she's had 10 babies, each experience is unique. Yes, indeed. And it's really important that a woman have a healthcare provider, her midwife or obstetrician who she trusts to ask those questions to get appropriate guidance about the level of exercise. The guidelines have changed. It's like they're encouraging women be active, right? If you have a high risk condition or a complication, obviously you want to modify that. Mm-hmm. Consult consult with your healthcare provider and figure out what's right. But what I will, I will tell you anecdotally, what I've seen in my practice, the women that, that use their bodies, that keep it strong and flexible with whatever form of exercise helps them that they connect with, mm-hmm. whether it's yoga, Pilates, lifting weights, whatever, swimming, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I think low impact is easier on your sweet joints when you're pregnant. They do phenomenally. Yeah. They, they have, they have, really magnificent birth. When they reflect back on it, it's like, wow, I was in shape for that. It is kind of like an athletic event. Mm-hmm. And they recover quicker postpartum. So it's kind of like you want to use it so you don't lose it. To me, it's still a mysterious area because I've just, I've never been pregnant. I will never yeah. become pregnant. There's no chance of it. But <laughs> and I haven't been around a lot of people with children and everything. To me, I'm sort of like, you put a baby in my arms and I get nervous, although I love them and everything. I love children and all that, but not a lot of exposure. So it's not, so forgive me for asking these kind of, kind of naive questions. Now here's another one that really bothers me. Okay, please. Massage therapists 
or maybe they come out of a, a, a room in the clinic or something like that. And uh, the woman is pregnant and, and it's the first trimester, that very mysterious time of, you know, and, the, and then the client comes out and says, boy, I could have used more pressure like we were yeah. talking about before. Yes. So this caution around working around the ankles, causing a miscarriage and things like that. Now, if it were so easy to do ankle massage, don't you think we could do away with all the abortion clinics in the world if, yeah. if it was so easy right. to and miscarriage by right. pressing the ankle? And we wouldn't need Pitocin to augment labor yeah, or exactly. induce labor either. Can we talk about that myth around that, please? Absolutely. Because that aggravates so me. So again, it's like this is a very specific precaution and contraindication that has been generalized to hysteria. Okay. <laughs> about you can't touch the feet. Pregnant women love their feet massage. Ex- for a, thank for a you. myriad of reasons. Yeah. Not only are they carrying more weight, they're carrying their sweet baby and the placenta and all the fluid and all the all these other lovely things mm. to accommodate this beautiful pregnancy. But they've got swelling and, you know, it's just uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So if you leave the feet out, mm, mm-hmm. you will likely have an unsatisfied customer. They're not coming back. So you need to know where anatomically where the points are. First of all, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so training is very important to get clear about that. When, when I've taught over the years, I always explain it as it needs to be bone to bone pressure in a very specific point, also delivered with an intention. Mm-hmm. If we had the capability to trump mother nature with an acupressure point, we wouldn't need the medications that we use to either stop or start labor. We wouldn't need any of that. Mm-hmm. So None of, it's inappropriate, I think, to use the word that, oh, yeah, these points induce labor or will cause labor. This requires that there's a readiness on the body's part to do that. Okay. It is true that the majority of miscarriages happen in the first trimester. And this is very, very important that you do a great intake with your client verbally and in writing, hopefully both. Right. I know there's some barriers to doing that in the, in the spa setting because they don't do the written intakes. But it's very important that you have some basic questions that you're asking and that you form a good relationship with the mom at the intake and that you're also educating her. So to do a broad effleurage or petrissage over the entire foot and ankles is not going to cause a miscarriage. There's no research that bears that out. And any, any more no. so than wearing tight jeans. No, you know, no, okay. absolutely not. So these are very specific point locations that we're talking about. The other concern in the lower body is with the legs. It's true once you understand the physiology of pregnancy and the immediate postpartum period, women's bodies create more blood clots because when the baby is born and the placenta detaches from the inside the wall of the uterus, there's an enormous cluster of big blood vessels that have been nourishing the baby and providing that exchange. Mm -hmm. And that area would bleed profusely if the mom's body didn't adapt physiologically to create more blood clots. So it's brilliant that the body does that. Mm -hmm. But again, you need to know that to know how do I adapt the massage for this pregnant mama's legs. Mm -hmm. So we don't use a heavy pressure over the medial aspect of the entire leg for that reason. The femoral and the saphenous veins are the ones of particular concern. And um, we don't want to use any percussive or vibration techniques. Yeah, I got got told over that too. (laughs) So, and again, Uh, uh, this is to be mm -hmm. respectful of once you know physiologically what's happening normally in this pregnancy, Mm -hmm. you want to adapt it so that she'll be safer. That 
that precaution continues postpartum because that site is still healing mm. for a number of weeks postpartum and the clotting activity is still high for eight to 10 weeks. Eight so to 10 weeks. had an operative. Um, oh, like a C-section? A cesarean yeah. or if she's had a tubal ligation yeah. or any other operative procedure immediately after the birth, hysterectomy is another possibility, then that clotting activity is even higher because her body's responding to surgical surgical procedure. Mm-hmm. yeah so mm. um women on bed rest it's very important that that precaution broaden to be because it can be because of the the venous stasis uh-huh. clots really are more common anywhere in the leg so right. the precaution broadens with women on bread breast that that to, makes sense yeah to be really careful now we're talking about circulatory massage here right the energetic modalities mm-hmm. where you're not mechanically um, pushing the intention of moving circulation in that way are mm. appropriate. So, okay. but again, this is where you hear these crazy generalizations. Oh, you can't massage pregnant women's legs at all. Well, it's like there are massage modalities that can be adapted, that can be appropriate. But um, this is where you got to know your stuff. You right. got to take a continuing education course that get gets you into this territory of understanding it, mm-hmm. because there is a lot of myth and and misinformation. My disappointment is that it's created fear among pregnant women and mm. it's and it's maybe made some of them reluctant to come in and get massage. They'll wow. hear something from one therapist right. and they go somewhere else and hear something else. And it's like, we're not serving our pregnant women mm. um, by having this myth and mis- misinformation. So yeah. I really encourage therapists that are unclear about in this information to seek out some great continuing education. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, buy Carol's book. I mean, if there's one resource out there mm-hmm. that really addresses all these issues, abdominal massage in the first trimester, massage on the legs, massage on the ankles, and, positioning and issues. And for orth- um, the sciatica, sinus problems, it's not all addressed in the different trimesters. Yeah, and how Good. you should change positioning through the pregnancy. It's just I'm so sure beautiful. it's all there. It's beautifully addressed. Because that's Carol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carol Osborne, by the way, and we'll have that uh, book listed on our website. So usually at this time, we'll do a tip of the week type thing. Uh, I, if you have one, that's great. But I, when you just finished now talking about uh, these, this movement going on all over the country, just say you wanted to, that you could take a month off and study with, uh, you know, uh, the people who are expert in this field. Could you name a few of the folks and where they are in the country? Absolutely. Elaine Stillerman, one of my old pals yeah. there doing mother massage and well, she has a great book. Yeah. Absolutely. So Carol Osborne, Body Therapy Associates. She travels. San Diego. She has workshops all All over over the country. Um, Great four-day certification workshop. And I'm I'm on her teaching team now, which hey. I'm really excited. It's like I've come home to my mom, my professional mom, oh, one of my original <laughs> teachers. It's like she's taken me under her wing. That's Thank great. you, Carol. Yeah. Um, Elaine Stillerman is based in New York City. Kate Jordan. Kate Jordan, yeah. Back on the East Coast. Of course. Um, you know, one of my, one of my favorites, because she's just out of the box and she's also out of the country, Suzanne Yates from the United Kingdom. Oh, yeah, I remember her. I went and studied with her several years ago. She's mm-hmm. also come out with a great book um, for those Shiatsu and Oriental Medicine fans. Name of her book is Pregnancy and Childbirth, A Holistic Approach for Massage and Body Work. It's great if you like the Oriental approaches and want to have the Eastern perspective on what's happening with this beautiful childbearing time period. Her book is really illuminating. I... I like staying with a lot of different people. And mm. I have to say, I come home to Carol 
because I feel like her her work is very well researched. Mm-hmm. It's well balanced, and she's just lovely to be around. And she's so incredibly lovely. A great to be sense around. of humor. And you know, we she and I have this little Louisiana connection. Oh too. yeah, yes. Well, and there so, you go. Both being Southern girls. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but it's great. But okay. I encourage people to to broaden your perspectives, even if you go to a continuing education w- workshop with an instructor where you're, you're not. You're not maybe on the same page about maybe the circulatory massage contraindications for pregnancy. You still have a lot to learn from that right. person. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thank all the teachers that I've had over the years, many of whom we've named. Right. Yes, we have. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on to the show today. And I hope to have you back in a few months or next year sometime. And we'll talk about another perspective of of this and just catch up to what you're doing then, because I'm sure it's going to, things will be added on. Because you're, you're still a little room on your schedule, like no. half an hour a <laughs> <No>. week. No, <laughs> no, there's not. Oh, yeah, could bring me back for like the continuation of the timeline. Talk more about postpartum massage. Let's talk more about postpartum one sometime. Of, one of my favorites. In, uh, in India, the massage, woman gets a massage every day for six weeks. God, I get pregnant care, just so to have that. I know. We That's could all a- go to <laughs> India. Wouldn't that be great? Yes. But postpartum is actually one of my favorites. And culturally, I think there's some nice little paradigm shifts that could happen around how we nurture new moms in our culture. So I'd, I'd uh, encourage everybody to get your mamas back on the table right after they have their babes. All right. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on. And we'll uh, see you all in a couple of weeks for our next show. Thank you for tuning in. 